Welcome to Citizens Midweek. It's a podcast for our church family in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we take a deeper look at this week's sermon. I'm your host, Jago Kirby, joined this week by our friend and deacon, Garrison Weiner. Hey, here we go. This week, we wrapped up week six, uh, the final week of our series, our summer series, talking about work through a biblical lens, work as God would kind of have it. Um, And we've been talking about a lot of stuff, but really the main idea was that our work, whatever it is, is just the things that God has given us to cultivate, to have dominion over. That could be a nine to five job. It could be your household. It could be kids or family or ministry opportunities. It could be a lot of things, not just what you're getting paid for, but we wrapped it up this week talking about kind of God's design for our work as believers to be missional. We need a mission in what we're doing. Um, so kind of how we're joining with God and being on mission while we're working. So the the key text from this week was from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 20. And really the main idea was just that God is doing something in our workplaces. God's doing something in the world around us, and we're joining in what he's doing by by being at work, by doing good work, and all the things that we talked about the last few weeks are ultimately um, the mission that God has given us. So we're joining in God's mission to, to be reconciling things back to himself, both in a spiritual and a physical sense. We're joining in the reconciling work of the gospel when we go out and do our work. And um, I mean, there was a lot more than that, but I thought that was kind of... That's the kind of the that's concise the way. Is, that's the right idea. I guess kind of your points at the end for kind of how do we how do we walk in in mission and kind of walk in the gospel identity that we have in our workplaces. The first one was to live from a reconciled heart. Um, the second one was to see the potential in your work. The last one was to invite others to be reconciled. So as we're being on mission, to see it as reconciliation, to see the potential in what we're doing, and to invite others into that into that reconciling story of the gospel. So I thought the part that stood out to me. Um, the most was your your little story, your little metaphor about the trampoline. Um, just because I really like on the nose metaphor. Sometimes, sometimes I hate things that seem cheesy, but um, basically, you're talking about you know, like a trampoline. The more we press down, the higher we bounce back oh, afterwards, yeah. and just kind of using that as a metaphor for um, you know, the ways that God is sanctifying us and shaping us and reconciling us and um you know, our inner reconciliation from us with between us and Jesus and us and God. Um, sometimes it's really hard, but, you know, to recognize that the more we're pressed, the more in depth we go, the more we're going to be launched out um, to be on mission. So if we want to be on mission in our workplaces, we've got to press even deeper into the gospel, which also you didn't quote this, but it reminded me of uh, one of your favorite things ever, the last battle, C.S. Lewis, further up and further in. You know, oh, like man, I we got to go that. deeper to get the fruit out. You know? Ugh, I love that quote. Um, yeah, it's a Phil Wickham song, Concept. or line it's of a Phil Wickham song. But that's kind of what stood out to me. Just, you know, we're not, I think, and I've talked about this before, I think for me it's really easy to think in a sinful way about the gospel just as a tool belt that we've been given. Here are the tools, do what you need to with them, there you go. Um, so for me it's like, oh, I've been given the tools for mission, go, do it. But it's actually, no, you don't need to just do the thing on your own strength, you need to actually be continuously pressing deeper, deeper into the mm. gospel, and that's how you're going to, you know, be living on the mission that God wants you to, so... Yeah, what stood out to you, kind of, Garrison, while you were preparing for this week's sermon? Yeah, there was a lot um, to talk about with with this one. Um, I think just the the idea of imagination. Um, <laughs> it kind of felt corny to say it, like use your right a little bit of SpongeBob in there, <laughs> right? Um, but it really is true. In you know, we have the gospel story, 
where it's, you know, we talk about the meta-narrative of the Bible uh, that essentially says, you know, God created the world, the world has fallen, Jesus uh, came on a mission to save the world, mm-hmm. and is reconciling us, reconciling all of creation back to uh, the Father, and one day, uh, everything will be restored, and, you know, we'd like to talk about the consummation of the new kingdom, the new heavens, and the new earth. That, that's the story of the Bible, and what that informs is, you know, what's our problem in life? Well, we, we have one key problem, you know, we, we can try to reinvent the wheel with, you know, uh, what, what you see in self-help books or the self-love movement or what, whatever the new thing today is. Your biggest problem is that you don't, you know, love yourself enough. Your biggest problem is you can just fill in the blank with anything. But we know, because the Bible says that our biggest problem is sin, and therefore, we need a solution to that. And there is only one solution, and that is Christ. Um, and then that informs the rest of how we approach life, um, the, where the story is headed, what God is doing now, uh, the already not yet. I kind you know, is kind of the the way to talk about it. Of like, God is already redeeming us, redeeming the world, and one day, we're we're right. there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, everything. Uh, all of the bad things will come untrue is the way that uh, Tolkien talked about there it, and is. I love that. Um, we got so a nerd in the house. We got a nerd in the house. Just um, one. Definitely not two. Oh, man. <laughs> Can talk about that quote a lot. Um, but yeah, be, because of that, you know, that is the story. That is what informs how we view everything, but specifically our work. So when we see... You know, where is our work now? Well, what are all these problems? Well, we've talked about the thorns and thistles. We've talked about the frustrations. We've talked about, you know, putting our identity in it or not viewing it as valuable enough. Well, all of that comes from sin. Uh, all that comes from the, fractu- the fractured relationship that we have with God that now, you know, we don't view things. We don't believe in things in the right way. But also it affects, you know, the macro level things that we can't control about work, about the world. Um, so we see the what, kind of that, going back to that corny example I used with my <laughs> wife, where it's like, she can see, you know, the the colors of the walls now and how they look terrible. Uh, and she can see the potential. You're at my house here. So. Your walls look fine. <laughs> no, they, they look don't. fine. They're fine is you correct. Paint it's just these walls. <laughs> my wife needs to come help you. Right. She um, can have at it. But you see what the problem actually is. You see the potential by, you know, being informed of what the problem is, and then you see what the solution is in the gospel and actually where this can go, that God is taking us here to the new heavens and the new earth where everything bad will become untrue. How does that work now? What what can he do now? Anything. Anything's... Uh, like I said in the sermon, your frustrating coworker who, you know, is a gossip or, uh, you know, is a one-upper, you know, always trying to make it very clear that the they're better than you. Right. Or or your boss who, you know, just cares about, you know, how many hours you put in. Oh, whatever. Whatever the, the, the frustration is. There is potential that God's going to take what's broken and messy, whatever the thorns and thistles are in there, and make them new. 
Um, you know, I, I, it was a throwaway line in it, but it actually is a huge thing for, for us. Um, God has done something in you. Like, there were people in your life, whether it just be your, your parents or your, your, you know, your pastor growing up or friends, whoever, you know, was introducing the gospel to you, they probably at some point w- were like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> uh, they're, nah, this isn't going right. to take root. Um, I know that's true for me. And thank God that uh, they still prayed for me right. and stepped in faithfully. Yeah. Um, even though there was a very lack of potential in right. me. Um, and God still did something. Yeah. And I think that's true for all of us who um, would, would say we believe in Christ, is mm. that God did something in, impossible in, in us. And he can do that in everyone around us. Yeah. And in fact, you know, that's the whole piece about the ambassador is you have been put around those specific people for that reason as an ambassador. Mm. Yeah. I, I, you know, just really thinking about kind of how we as Christians in this space, like we are both, we have it, we have power on both sides of our timeline. That's a weird way to say that. I'm just thinking about like we as Christians, like we have, we have something pushing us and something pulling us. We have the example of Jesus behind us kind of as, I mean, literally as the foundation, Christ is a cornerstone to kind of propel us from the back. <laughs> yeah. But then we also have the the story of what God's doing, the promise of, of the new heavens and the new earth, the promise of this reconciling work that God is doing, pulling us forward. So we're both being pushed by the example of Jesus and pulled by the promise of what yeah. God's doing. And we just get to sit in the middle and see, like you said, like what's, what, what might God do with this? So the, the possibilities are endless yeah. if we use our imaginations. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, like, that's that exa- what you were just saying about, like, how many good men and women in my life considered it the work that God had given them to disciple me. And I'm sure that they were so frustrated. That's, like, right. I can't, I mean, I'm sure eventually I, people got to see the fruit of me coming around. But how many years did people, you know, go back to their small groups and be like, man, I was hanging out with the kids from church again, and they sucked this week. Like, right. <laughs> that those Kirby twins were yep. so loud. They cut up the whole time. They didn't even pay attention. Like, but they considered it their, you know, their calling and their work and their mission to to disciple. Yeah, we forget how right you know frustrating and how <laughs> you know just like there's we were no terrible. Way that this person right. would believe right. Um, and I grew up in the church and just we'll like man, church. we gave those guys we gave those guys so much crap, <laughs> but like they were faithful to to serve and to disciple and to pray and. You know, if God really you say, here we are. Yep. So uh, what are we going to dive deep on this week, Garrison? Yeah, I think um, talking about points one and three um, are, are pretty big. So both, um, I want to focus more on point three, telling others uh, or inviting others to be reconciled, but also how living, you know, as believers from a reconciled heart is going to bleed into that. So, you know, I... There's a bunch of different ways that it'll play out. We couldn't get into it a, a ton in the sermon. And even like, unless we're sitting down and having a cup of coffee and going through the specifics of your job, there's going to be some nuances that, you know, you, you just got to figure out and pray right. through and, and think through. But, you know, at a very basic level, it's one, seeing what, how do people bend in my workplace? Like, what are the you know, what, what is broken here? Uh, and how would the gospel be good news to people here? So, I mean, um, we 
we both have jobs. Uh, <laughs> we're not just, you know, full-time ministry. So, I mean, for me, uh, I am just, I don't, I don't live in the same city with most of my coworkers. So we're all pretty all spread out, but I get opportunities to, to talk to them and to see them and to get to know them a little bit better. And, uh, I like them. I like them very much. And what I see is, yeah, because, you know, we're in real estate. I'm a, I'm a mortgage. I'm in the mortgage industry. Uh, and I think this is would probably be true of a lot of industries like mine with where money is king and finances are the, the big thing. It's like, oh, this is a huge idol. This is a huge idol uh, where most people get really anxious about this and find their worth in this and are, you know, very concerned about the way that they look and, you know, want to come off as like very much have it together. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, seeing that it's every, every industry is going to have their very specific broken uh, things in them. Like I'm sure in some of the more like technical, very heady spaces, and I'm speaking very generically, um, I can't say this as an expert, but in talking with people that do things like, you know, com- computer stuff. The computer Knows stuff. Knows nothing people. about computers. The computer stuff people know. <laughs> do computer uh, stuff. Computer sciences and, and that field. There's a level of like, who's the smartest person in the room? Uh, who's coming off as the most knowledgeable? Like, uh, and there's pride in yeah. all of it. Right. Uh, but there's also immense shame when you aren't the person in that moment or really blow it or don't, you know, know the thing to say. It just depends, I think, on, right. on your field. Um, how do conversations, you know, how can you use and leverage, uh, you know, your work, your relationships with people to actually talk about the gospel? Not in like a very weird, you know, uh, bible bomby like, <laughs> I'm I'm faking it so that you will talk to me. No, yeah. uh, you're just you're you're making friendships with right. people. Like, yeah, we're coworkers. It's like what we talked about with Casey and Courtney. Yeah, where it's like, yes, Casey absolutely wanted Courtney to follow Jesus and to be a part of our church. Of course. However, it it was a it's a friendship. Right, we're. Both things can be true. It's not an either or, and I think we yeah. we struggle with that, where it's like, well, you know, if I if I want someone to be something different, then I don't really love them. Right. That is so false. Right. That's so false, and our culture really misses that. So I actually might even go as far to <laughs> say that you maybe have bought into what our culture defines as love. Uh, which is no, you have to accept them exactly as they are, wherever yeah. they are, and if you have, if you want to push them to be to, something else, to care about them with the purpose of them maybe doing something differently is seen as hateful. And yeah, and it's like, oh no, yeah, oh no, that's not true, that's not true. And uh, I thought about that a little bit going into this sermon, um, but didn't want to get stuck in that place because that is a a little bit of like deconstructing the ideology. Sure. Uh, because we we really do live in a culture that's if if you want someone to to change or to be something else, well, you're not accepting them as they are, yeah. and therefore you are unloving. I, that is not logical, right? <laughs> it just isn't, uh, because what we're talking about, and 
I mean, I know we tend to be very sensitive about this stuff, but we're we're talking about there there are people around us that are, if they died tomorrow would be in hell. They would be separated from God for eternity. Um I'm not trying to get into the reformed theology and election and stuff. I'm just trying to say that uh as an ambassador, you should feel the weight of that. Yeah. Like uh and we can get it e- even into some of the theology behind it and some of the... Uh, so Spurgeon, who's one of the most reformed people ever, also is saying things like uh, the the road to hell should be paved with our blood, sweat, and tears and our crying, hey, please turn. Please. Yeah. Um, another way that I think we miss it is, uh, I think we've talked about this, there's that really popular saying around that gets misattributed to um, to a saint that goes something like, you know, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use wor- right. use words. Well. Nobody knows where that came from. That didn't that didn't come from the person that's attributed to. Hmm. That's that's false. Yeah. That's false. That's not what the Bible says. We got verses like Romans ten, which I cut from the sermon that says, "How beautiful the feet of those that bring good news." Yeah. Well, they're bringing good. They're talking about the news, right? They're they're not just never sharing their faith. Yeah. Um. Now that's not opposed to say that your actions don't matter. They do. Like your actions, the way you live. This is the whole reconciled heart piece. They should invoke. Wow, there's something different about this person, and that's not. I'm not talking about image management again. I'm talking about genuine, like, you have spent time with the fountain of life. The fruit of the Spirit is welling and, up in you. And therefore, yeah. there's something there's something different here. Yeah. I think that's what I like so much about the Courtney and Casey story was that, I mean, certainly Courtney knew that Casey was a Christian, and it definitely, like, colored the language that she used to interact with her. But really part of what made a difference is that uh, Casey cared about Courtney's life beyond just the work they did together and whether or not Courtney was giving hints that she was interested in coming to church with her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, now she certainly wanted them to do a good job and for her to consider going to church. But, th- but you know, in the, she was more committed to just caring about Courtney as an ind- individual and caring about her life beyond work and her nest kind of her salvation. But that made the difference, right? Like that, like connecting with people on a human level, recognizing that people are more than what they do and do for you. Right. And that they have needs that, you know, as people that follow Jesus, we should be honored and thankful to to consider meeting. Um, but just connecting with Courtney on a human level is what made the difference, you know, and, and, get, and you know, having a place of trust in our life. Um, yeah, and you see the progression, right? Where yeah. it's just like, uh, even in her story, it was great. Or uh, she's like, you know, I saw something that was, was different there. And then, you know, uh, over time, you know, we, we built a friendship. And when then I, there was a time where I needed her and she invited me to to stay with her and we became really qu- close friends. And then when something else happened in my life, you know, she was my go to person. Um, that that's what it looks like. Uh, I think I mean, there's certainly people out there that probably day one are like, let me tell you about Jesus and maybe that that goes well right. like there's definitely times where god uses that 
Um, and maybe that's what you, you were called to do. But maybe, and I think more likely what it's just going to look like is being intentional right. with the person next to you. Yeah. Uh, seeing them not as just your coworker, as your boss, but as a human being with a soul. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Somebody that God, somebody that God's care, that God cares about, and because He also cares about you, He's seen fit for you guys to to intersect. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, that's really good. Well, Garrison, any kind of final thoughts? Anything that you want to wrap up with? You know, we're finishing up the sermon series. We're moving on to talking about the fruit of the spirit in two weeks. It's this Sunday. We're doing kind of a one standalone sermon about singing and corporate singing and why we sing together on Sundays. Um, but anything you want to kind of say, final words about the work series, what you've been learning or thinking or what you're hoping for our church because of it? Yeah, no, I thought this series was uh, was really helpful. Um, I, I hope it was helpful to everybody in our church. I mean, I, th- I think a big uh, takeaway, um, you know, maybe two parts. One, I think it's remembering the, the vision of we have a new story. Yeah. Kind of what we talked about that a little bit in uh in my sermon this past week, but really going back to week one where it's we have a new way of viewing life. Let's let's keep that in mind as we as we go about yeah. our days and our weeks. And I think with that, you know, getting practical, I think a lot of the practical stuff will come. Yeah. Um right. as you remember that you are not just out there alone <laughs> just trying to figure out your job but you have been commissioned um by the king of the universe yeah. to be where you are yeah. um and you are part of something bigger than just your nine to five right yeah i think for me that's kind of the thing that i'm still trying to and praying that i continue to grow in. it's just the recognition that as believers uh every moment it can be holy you know um and out you know from this work series really trying to make sure that i'm seeing uh, or maybe trying trying to make sure that I'm not seeing a separation of like my life at work and my life in my life. Yep. Because <laughs> it's so easy to have those things kind of so compartmentalized of like, well, I go to work and I just do my job and that's irrelevant or whatever. Absolutely. And then I go and go to our community group and be a part of our church and follow Jesus. Um, and it can be really easy to separate those two in a way that, hey, we're just not acting like Christians in our workplace, which is, I mean... It's bad discipleship, but also we're missing out on all these opportunities we talked about throughout the series to be sanctified, to be discipled, to be matured, to be on mission. Um, So that's, yeah, for me, that's kind of what I'm hoping for is that we all as a church grow in getting rid of these categories of like, I've got my work life and I've got my private life um, and I've got my spiritual life and I've got my work life. Now, like God's God is totally mixing those things together and, and wants you to your Christian life to affect your work life in every way. So, yeah, well, that's all we got time for today. Like I said, we're starting in two weeks uh, our fall teaching series on the fruit of the Spirit. And this Saturday we have a kind of a recap seminar. Um, we, we did a, a good chunk of this kind of teaching in the spring or maybe in the winter. When was that? The first Last fall. We did a big chunk of teaching about kind of spiritual formations last fall. So we're going to do a bit of a recap this Saturday if you want to sign up for that seminar. Um, but other than that, that's all we got time for. We'll see you next time.